From the boardroom to the locker room, sport captures the imagination like little else. In this podcast, we talk to the men and women who make the big decisions and those who make the big plays to find out where sport is and, importantly, where it's going. But we do so through the only eyes that matter, those of the fan. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Are You Not Entertained? Joining me, as always, is our man in Como by the lake, Roger Mitchell. Roger, how are you, mate? I'm very, very good. Uh, very good. It's been, a, it's been a good weekend, and I'm enjoying uh, a wonderful game of football, City, uh, Cup Final, City Spurs. You know, uh, if it was a boxing match, I think, you know, we may have stopped it by now. Well, what's City the score? Are, I haven't even seen it. It's still nothing each, right? But, I mean, like, City are beautiful. They're beautiful to watch. Yeah, you, you've got to say that when they're on the game. And, 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 you know, Spurs, at least what I saw in the first half, they, they just can't put three, four foot passes together. They're struggling. Well, I, I have to say, I suspect that game is uh, is a preview of what might have been in the in the Super League. A topic which I suspect, Roger, is going to come up at some point this week. But... Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. We, we, have, we have a special guest joining us this week. A, another return guest to the podcast. And one that you and I uh, each individually have had probably more requests to have back than anybody else which uh which is fantastic and that is uh my old mate from london colin o'donnell Cole, you there yeah i'm here afternoon good to see you colin and that is true and uh, my, my son was very happy to hear that you're coming on uh that that one that episode from season one uh is still his favorite episode despite everybody we've had on it's colin o'donnell his favorite well well, listen, it's good to be on with esteemed company sort of thing. I've, I, you know, I listen every week and I absolutely love it and tell all my mates about it and it's always a great listen. Well, it's, um, so Roger and I decided, Cole, that we'd, uh, we'd get you to help us out with Goal on Goal this week, mainly because I think we all know what the own goal is going to be. And, um, you know, Roger and I both wanted to to have this conversation with with you know, with a proper football fan, which, as, yeah. as I said in the first episode... That's always what I've known you to be. You know, you're a proper football fan. You're an Arsenal fan, first and foremost, but you can appreciate the good, the bad, and you have a, a, a really good understanding of the ins and outs of the game and particularly what it means to fans. So given that I think our all of our own goals are going to be the same this week, we'll, we'll save that till the end, but it'll be great to be able to pick that over with you. So I, th- I think what we'll do first is go through our own goals. And um, Colin, as, as the guest, uh, why don't we let you go first? Sorry, our goals. What am I talking uh, about? Goals. Goals. Our goals. Yeah. Our goals. Well, I um, I have a goal which was a li- is a little bit offbeat. Um, I picked it up on BBC Two. It was on BBC Two on Monday night. So when the whole tsunami thing of um, the European Super League was going on, this little thing popped up on BBC Two on um, on Monday night, and it was called a different league, Derry City, and it was all about the sort of the, the, the fall and rise of Derry City Football Club. So just just to, just to sort of set the story out, in obviously Derry is the centre point of a lot of the troubles in Northern Ireland, um, obviously late 60s, early 70s. And in 1972, Derry um, had to leave the Irish League, which is the Northern Irish League. 
for obvious reasons. Where they play is a place called the, Bl- the Brandywell, which is it's a real Republican area of Derry, um, just next to the bog side. And it just wasn't safe for mainly probably Protestant teams coming in from other parts of Northern Ireland. There was, there was um, the story that the, the Ballymena bus got taken out by fans and yeah. burnt and et cetera, et cetera. So rightly so, they had to, they had to take them out. Derry, Derry obviously would say it was slightly sectarian from the powers that be in Belfast that wouldn't let them play. They wanted them to play in cold rain, et cetera, et cetera. That just didn't work. And the, the club were just disappearing. So anyway, so they, they had to leave the, leave the Irish League in 1972. So it spent 15 years as a junior team. Um, in Northern Ireland, so these four ex-players got together and go, we can't, we can't have this happen again. So I think it was the mid-80s, they reapplied for the Irish League, um, but still, listen, height of the troubles, et cetera, et cetera. That wasn't going to happen. The powers that be in Belfast weren't going to let them play in the Irish League, which I think people get. So basically, this is all part of this documentary, which to me was heartwarming. It shows what football can do in the community. Um where you have situations of, uh, you know, political corruption, yep. which was going on back then, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, the story goes that Derry applied for the League of Ireland. They thought, if we can't go north, we'll go south. So they just applied for the League of Ireland. They had to get set blatter of all people to um, OK it, um, and as did the Irish League, which is the Northern Irish League. So all very fair. And that to start in, I think, Division One. Even then, the Irish League had a Premier League. So they start in Division One, and they're playing at places like Longford Town, et cetera, et cetera. They eventually get promoted, um, and the crowds are there, and they're getting two, three, four, five thousand. I think when they got promoted, it was nine thousand. So they're getting good crowds in Derry at the Brandywell. Wow. Uh, and this is all again; it's all run by by ex players, et cetera, et cetera. But the whole city, and Derry's a reasonable sized city for Northern Ireland, second big city in Northern Ireland, and everyone's everyone's bought into it. So they get up to the Premier League. They get an old son of Derry City back, a guy called Jim McLaughlin, who I think was at Shamrock Rovers and places like that. And they win the treble. And still the only League of Ireland team to win the treble. Um, I think it was down at a sort of almost defunct now, Daily Mount Park. They won in a replay, beat Cork. Derry had 20,000 followers. And this is all in the document. It's beautifully done. Of course, it's intermingled with, you know, the civil rights marches of 1972, et cetera, et cetera. They bring the history into it. It's a beautifully done documentary. It's not scoring any points. It's not taking any sides. It's just basically telling you what football can do. Anyway, so these guys, it it leads us up to the last bit of it, really. So they get in the European Cup that was old, obviously, representing Ireland, straight in the first round, no three games, (laughs) no three games, (laughs) hot and skip. (laughs) They're in the first round, and who do they draw? Benfica. So they get Benfica, first leg's a bit home at Brandywell. Home Brandywell. So what happens? Day of the game, in the morning, what is there? There's only a bomb outside of the ground. So they didn't want to call the police. They didn't want to call the army because they were thinking if they called the police, called the army, they'd call the game off, and probably rightly so. So one of their biggest supporters probably knew his way around a bomb better than most. So they ring Martin McGuinness. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think Martin was really into politics at the time. I think he was more on the sort of blue-collar side of the... <laughs> it was probably on the more on the blue-collar side yeah. of things. So, so, so Martin gets down there, 
they get the bomb. They, there is a there's a, a graveyard next to the brandy well. There's a big drain in there. They throw they dismantle <laughs> the bomb and throw it in the drain. And the game's played, and it was Sven Goran Eriksson's um, Benfica. Benfica. Of course, they lost, but it was lovely. And I, for anyone, an hour of TV, it was the best antidote to what was going on last week. It was super. Well, well worth watching. I, I've got to say, I, I saw it too, Cole. Did you? I, I, I did. Yeah. Well, you, Cole, we were talking about it at, at, at lunch this past week, and uh, so I went out and watched it, and it is absolutely fabulous. It is, as Colin says, it's exactly what. It's everything good about football. Football bringing the community together rather than tearing it apart. Fans of, you know, a team who went to the very bottom and the fans were all still there, followed them all the way back up. And, it, you know, it, in in the cynical week we've seen, Rog, it, it was the perfect antidote to that because it didn't matter. It didn't matter that they went down and got relegated. You know, the club disbanded for years. Bring the club back. The fans come back day one, and they're there, and they're they've followed them all over Ireland, across the you know. There's great shots of them going across the border, in a, in coaches for the away games. You know, all these coach after coach after coach piling across the border, filled with Northern Irish soccer fans, going into the Republic to play away games. It, it was just fantastic, and just to see, you know, these these people who are now in their eighties remembering these times, um, with great affection and. And the whole town, it was boys, it was girls. It was just fantastic. I, I cannot recommend it hard, handily enough. And for anyone who is in the UK, you'll find it on the BBC iPlayer. Um, and if you're outside the UK and you've got a friend who has a VPN, you can probably do the same thing, I would imagine. But um, you have to ask your friend about that. I think have on to that. But, but can I ask you, um, that, that sounds wonderful. I will find that. But can I ask you, um, going on here tentatively as a boy from Glasgow, um when you say the community came all together, it's only one side of the community. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Fair enough. Let's, Fair let's enough. be honest. You're always such a <laughs> fucking know? romantic. The, the dairy, the dairy <laughs> community, Rod. Uh, the one bit of romanticism I've got to kill, though, lads, is they were the second club to bury bad news this week after Daniel Levy and Mourinho. Derry City sacked their manager on Tuesday. <laughs> 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 Well, 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 I don't know. Listen, <laughs> listen. I don't know if that was in a documentary, um, but you know, we like on this show to sometimes uh, cross over into music. There is a very famous um, in those days single that uh, represents that town very well. Was that in the documentary? The cover of a signal oh, had a Subutio player in the Derry City yeah. shirt. Uh, uh, my perfect cousin. Yes. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Good pull. Good pull. <laughs> but. But that wasn't in the documentary. I don't think it no, was. It wasn't. Sharkies, uh, no, I don't think yeah, it was Lander in there. Plums. But that, but that is that is the they're called the candy stripes, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, listen, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, Colin, what, what your background is, and 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 like, but in Glasgow, and um, you know, the whole uh, Catholic Protestant thing, I think sensible people look on it, um, uh, in, in a funny way. Uh, you know, my, my, my background is, is the Catholic side, obviously, and, and you would go to like parties or friends of friends, and you would get in a company. And, and you know, it was, it was, it was like that skip by that comedian, the name that I can never remember. The one, um, uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, like, so where you would start the evening and they would get a guitar out and they would sing, you know, like, let it be. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> and Colin, you know what it's going at the end, at yeah, the end of it, it's the black guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
always remember one night this guy, you know, because he saw my face kind of like falling um, as it degenerated. He says, look, I hope you're not offended, you know, but it's just it's just the way we are. I said, well, it's getting a little bit <laughs> What's the name of that comedian? You know, Ray, um, the the um, Partridge, Alan Partridge. Oh, oh yeah, yes, yes, I know. You're right. He had the guys on his chat show. That's right. I remember that. I remember that. Probably one of the best best scenes in recent years on BBC. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. When you yeah. finish with "Come out, you black and tan." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's, oh, that's a great, great one. Well, there you go. That's, 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 that, that is a great goal. Roger, you're up next. What else you got for us this week? Well, I, I'm, I'm also going to go uh, the opposite direction of, of what we heard this week. And, and I'm going to go back to talking about football a little bit. Um, you know, I, I've, um, for, for reasons also fantasy football, I've watched a lot of English football this year. And the Euros are coming up. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I think England have got a real chance. And, you know, wh- wh- why, why do I think that? Um, and why, and why do I hope that you'll maximise your chance here? Um, there's just so many wonderful, wonderful young players that what are, are players that I would call that, that, that can hurt you. You know, they're, they're players that are going to really, you know, make a, a, an opposing team really, really think about it. And, and, you know, I was speaking to some mates, I'm thinking, well, how are, how are England going to do this? Are they going to go with it? the kind of like safe old, safe old and, you know, take uh, Henderson and play him and uh, take a lot of centre-backs and not need them. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, just, just bloody go for it. You know, like, do go in, go in the mid-three, go Bellingham, Mount, Foden, you know, up front, obviously, you've got Kane, you know, you've got Sancho maybe on the right and then, you know, a pick, you know, two, one from three, you know, whatever. And, and, and you know, really, really have the attitude, what's the squad that we need that can win this, not the squad that makes sure we don't get beat before the quarterfinal. And and I and I and I, I think we we risk losing a little bit the idea that England have got a real chance. My view is that the goalie's a problem. Um I'm not a fan of Pickford, but he's the best with the feet. Um the other two aren't. Um Alexander Arnold, you know, at a certain level, you're going to come up against the great teams. You need to defend. I like Wan Bissaka more than him for that reason. Uh, on the left side, I probably like Chilwell more than Shaw. And you know, then I would play around a little bit. You know, like you know, Rice and Dyer can play both centre back and holding midfielder. And uh, so I would take you know less centre backs, and 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 really like do a kind of like Guardiola and just fill the squad up with real ball players and go for it. I mean, like, really go for it. What do you, what do you guys Rog, think? Can, can I just ask, just to be clear, Rog, as a Scotsman, that England having a chance to win the Euros, is this a goal or an own goal for you? I'm, I just want to make sure that I know no, what No, I'd love to, uh, listen, I, I don't have any of that stuff. You know, like, we, we've got, we, we've got a good team in the same, the same idea, you know, the, the midfield of Billy Gilmore, uh, McTominay and, and, and McGinn are good. We've got a couple of good left backs. No, no right back, no centre back, um, no, no attackers. So we we can't do much, but you can. And, and um, you know, like I say, I've been bought into you know whether it's this podcast or just as a as as a fan of football. I, I I'd really like to see England do it. You know, um, Foden reminds me so much of Iniesta. 
you know, so, so much. And he was one of my favourite players. I like Rice. Um, Mount, Mount, I think, is underrated as a player. Uh, Colin, I'm sorry, I can't find anything in, in an Arsenal there that, that, that can get into the team. But, um, you know, uh, but do you know what I mean? Like, why? That's what I want to talk about. How you're obviously going to be both right up for it. How excited are you by this English team? Uh, shall I go first? Yeah, go um, I I have a terrible admission. I normally, you know, if if it's international football, I'm normally cheering for the Republic of Ireland. But that, there's the less said about that, the better, right? Um, I don't think. I think we scored our, our goal in um, Serbia was our first goal in God knows how long. So there's a paucity of football in Ireland at the moment. But we, obviously, the problem is we have what we think considered a couple of our own players playing for England. Declan Rice yeah. came through the Irish system, and I can't understand how Jack Grealish is not playing for Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> but that, there aside, I, I think you're right. I think there's some brilliant English players, very much so, more so midfield and and. Um, and attacking wealth. My biggest problem would be the manager. Will the manager, will he, will he take a risk? Because he doesn't strike me as a risk taker. That's my point as well. I, I think, well, why not? Why, why, why would nobody get sacked uh, by an IBM? You know, that, I, th- I think that's the, what I'm trying to say here. I think that if, if, the, if you really want to take a risk and go for it, I think England can hurt people as well as any team. Uh, Grealish, you know, I never mentioned him. I like Grealish. I think he's a lovely player in that kind of 1970s, you know, Alan Hudson, Stan Bowles kind of way. But I I don't think he does it enough. And I don't think an opposing team, when he's lining up, is thinking, oh my. Whereas I think all those other ones I mentioned, I think think they're worries. I I like the the Grealish-Alan Hudson thing, I must say. (laughs) And... uh, Alan, Alan Hudson was quoted this week oh, was about football. There's oh, a quote from 20 years ago, and he called football ballet for the working class. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. Arguably one of the great lost talents, you know, all of us of our generation, you know, there's two or three of them that, that, that vie for that title, but Alan Hudson must be right but up there. Rog, Rog, you know, it's funny talking about that, to your point, right, about, about how they should select this team. It, it seems a peculiarly English thing to have so many lost talents in this team and, and and it goes back to the kind of teams that England have always picked over the years right they, they there's always been that talent that would have been straight on the team sheet in just about any other country that have found a way to put them in the team and England have just we've had so many of those over the years where the Stan Bowles is the Rodney Marshes the Alan Hudson's uh, even the Glenn Hoddles you know in later years that that yeah. everyone was saying should be the first name on the team sheet what, what is it about Frank the Wellington the the yeah, le- the, 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 yeah. A- absolutely what is it about the English that that leaves us in that well, position so often well, listen I, 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 I'm trying not to um, get into this so early on this because this is a this is a lovely episode but but it's it's a little bit the reason why Brian Clough was never the England manager yeah the FA doesn't like anybody that's not going to like be a nice little soldier you know, they just don't. They, they, that, that's what these people are like. And I'm, I'm not saying that you can put a winning team together with all these, like, maverick stars. That that never, ever works. But, you know, honestly, Glenn Hoddle, that got, what, 50 caps? I don't know, maybe yeah. more. Somebody will tell me. Glenn Hoddle, he's playing for Italy or Brazil. He is number one pick. Yeah. You know, I know you won't like to hear that, Colin, but, I mean, I Glenn Hoddle. Oh, a wonderful player. You know, I, I, and also uh, on that same subject of Spurs, I think that the most important thing for England, apart from the manager letting them loose, 
is that Harry Kane needs to play because that's where the goals are coming from with that question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he needs to stay fit. He needs to stay fit for him. I think he needs to although, get although I do so like Calvert-Lewin. I do like him. You know, like I've watched him a lot this year and he, I, I, th- I think he's got something about him. Um, but yeah, Kane, Kane needs to stay fit. But honestly, you fill it full of... Listen, I think sport's becoming more and more a young, young man's game. If you look at Formula One, they're all kids now. You know, we nearly had the youngest podium ever the, the other day. And, and you know, I, I, I just think, you know, 21, 22, 23, just let them go for it. You know, just let them bloody go for it. And and, and, and like I say, that midfield, even you could even you could even go with, if you put uh, Declan Rice back in the back four, you could even go with Bellingham, Mount and Foden in the three there. That's pretty exciting to me, I have to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Roger. As, as an England fan, I'd, I'd love to see that, and and I, and I wouldn't care if if we got beat. Just if they went at if they went at teams with pace and power and try to score goals, it'd be fantastic to watch. I think there's one other thing that to look out for as well is I think after what's gone on um, this week, I think UEFA are going to bend over to help the FA. There's no doubt about that. So what I think you'll see is they're obviously doing the divvy up of games now. There won't be any games in Dublin. There won't be any games in probably, I imagine, in France or whatever sort of thing. So I think they're going to give more and more games to London, which will mean probably that England play all the home games at home in the group. Um, yeah. So they'll have that advantage as well, I think. Yeah. Well, well, it, it, I mean, it, it's funny. We talk about advantage. If you look at West Ham, I, I, I keep arguing this season that, that West Ham being fourth in the league is absolutely due in large part to the fact that the fans aren't there. You know, I don't, I don't know if, 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 if <laughs> there, there, isn't, there isn't a worse set of fans in the, in the country if, you, if you're playing badly. Um, and I kind of, I kind of say it with tongue in cheek, but uh, but I, I'd be surprised actually because it, it, it's, this is the first year they haven't had the fans screaming at them at West Ham, and look what they're doing. And England fans do have a habit of turning on the team if they're either not playing well or they're a goal behind or whatever. No, it's I not think that. this year will be different because I hope you're be right, happy to be, yeah. to be back. I tend to agree. So, so that was, that's my goal to just like really look forward to to pro like like Collins want to really look forward to just football and like everybody getting right up behind that again and 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 you know getting up in the morning and seeing the games on tonight because there's a lot to look forward to in these Euros. Yeah, it's so, so true. I mean, Colin and I were at that '96 semi-final together with uh, with West Germany, and um, I mean, just a, a fantastic month to be in England, no doubt. A fantastic you know day to go to a game, and you know terrible outcome, but. That having that tournament in England that year and that in that summer was just absolutely the the atmosphere in London, and I'm yeah. sure around the country. I just didn't experience it was was something I will never ever forget. Yeah. So what have you got for us, Grant? Your goal? Well, I had a I had a funny feeling you two might go football. So I've got I've got a goal uh, from golf that leads us into I think quite nicely our our own goal because it's a goal that rapidly turns into an own goal sadly, and the and the goal. Is uh, the the social media picture of Tiger Woods that that was released yesterday, standing you know, on his crutches in his back garden with his dog by his side, big smile on his face, you know, still with uh, still on crutches, still with one of his legs in a some complicated looking boot contraption. Um, but you know, he's smiling, he's talking about his his legs getting better, and uh, he's he's building a nine hole course in his back garden to practice on, which suggests. That he's not, you know, he's not done playing, but but we'll see. So you know, it was great to see to see him back and up, you know, standing up and smiling again. Um, and you know that that 
part of the story is fantastic and then you kind of flip it around to this other story from professional golf this week about the 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 40 million dollar pot that they're putting together to reward the biggest influences in the game and and you know, this smacks of super league type stuff right 40 million dollars i think the the most influential player there's not going to be any public announcement it's not a fan vote they will decide internally who's moving the needle and helping move the game forward um the, the pga will do that the winner will get eight million dollars um yeah and, they'll, and yeah. they'll split the other 32 up amongst the next however many and you look at that and you think to yourself you know, you know what are you doing putting putting 40 million dollars into the pockets of a bunch of people who for the most part are 99% certain to be playing for a $15 million prize at the end of the season in the FedEx cup. When you could be taking that $40 million and giving, you know, 20 million of it to the women's game and 10 million to the corn ferry tour. And, you know, that money could do an awful lot of good around the game grassroots, wherever it may be. And so to, to come up with a, a, an idea like that to, to help the rich of golf get richer, I just thought, particularly given the backdrop of the super league this week, that that was, um, that was, I say, a goal that for me was 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 standing out against a, a really nasty own goal of, of similar ilk to the Super League. Colin? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm with Grant totally there. And I know you might take the other side here, Rog, because I think you're very much in that it's become more about the athletes and the players, but... Uh, and and the, the, what you used to call the Hollywood athletes and players. But I, I think that golf has a responsibility. It's the one sport that's done really well in lockdown, it seems, right? Either as people like us playing or it's looked great on the TV. The US Tour has been fantastic this year. We've had some great competitions, great great winners. It's, it's done really well. And I just think they've shot themselves to the foot there. They need, I think Grant said something about 40 million, uh, 40 million for whatever. It's not even image rights, is it? It's he who sort of has the best social media yep. or whatever that is. Um, whereas I think the total, I, I read somewhere that the hundred, the whole purse for the ladies' European tour is is only a little bit more. Yeah. And so, yes, they haven't a responsibility to the ladies' European tour, but put it into the LPGA, which is getting better yep. and better, and they're much smarter now as well. I've noticed their last two tournaments are on Wednesday, Saturday, yeah. not to clash with the Sunday with the with the with the men's. And uh, my own belief in the ladies' game is it's much more for 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 the ordinary player like us. I think it's more recognisable, and I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed yeah, some of the ladies' stuff. Agreed. Um, and and uh, Grant's right. Some of the best stories in golf are the, 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 the guys that struggle, the guys that need to get through the Corn Ferry Tour to, to make a living on the main tour, the guys that keep losing their card, not getting the, not getting back on, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, that's a great idea for a documentary. I've always thought that one of the best documentaries you could ever be at European Tour playing school, where there's real yeah. pressure, not not pressure yeah. to win the tournament, pressure to make yeah. a living. Yeah. Totally that, different. And I think either that or the way they do the Corn Ferry playoffs or something like that, I think it'd be really interesting. But yeah, golf's got itself in a good spot. And I thought that was a little bit of a lazy one, to be honest, because these guys, listen, top 30, 40 in the world, which is where the money will come yeah. from. These guys do all right, to be honest. And never mind FedEx points every week, right? Which turns into dollar, dollar bills, right? Listen, I, I'm getting set up up here to be the bad guy. Yep. I, I, I'm really, I really am. And, and you know, you know as well, Colm, I'm not a bad guy. I, I'm a nice guy. Um, I just, I'm the bearer of bad news. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Don't shoot the piano player. 
listen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a threat of a breakaway golf league, what, 12 months ago, 18 months ago. Uh, I, I remember that we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I'm, and I'm never very quick to, uh, to to give compliments to the governing bodies, I, I would say uh, this time that golf's governing bodies have said, look, we got away with it the last time, but if this comes at us again, and it will, how do we know we won't uh, we won't become a victim, and we'll we'll completely lose control of the sport? That that's the word that I think has come out very clearly this this week and going forward. It's it's about really control more than than how a sport is organised and who gets paid. Sadly, there's a lot of governing bodies that will do almost anything to keep control. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's a defensive, you know, almost a poison pill in our language, that, that kind of thing. Um, but, but, but equally, you know, we, we have to face into this. And I know it sounds awful, but uh, sport very simply is financed by media companies. Very simply, media companies want box office. And uh, they want to make sure box office is there and committed and getting rewarded appropriately and not being tempted by somebody else. That's my answer. Everything you said is correct. I can't deny anything like that. You know, I've talked about, you know, the ladies tour, uh, actually mixed tours. Um, we live in a world that uh, rewards, you can argue, disproportionately the the super influencer, the super celebrity, uh, the box office. I, I, I can't do anything about that, guys. Well, I, look, Roger, I have to say, I, I, I did kind of figure that you you would take that side. And, and I, I think it's probably important that you do, just so we can actually kick it around. But, you know, I, I have to say on this one, um, I, I had it been a couple of hundred million dollars, you know, $40 million sounds, given the context of, the prize money up for grabs on the on the on the PGA tour, the sponsorship money, it doesn't sound like an awful lot of money to me. Um it it sounds like a number we've kind of thrown out there just to 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 throw it at the players and hopefully keep a few of them happy. You know, the FedEx Cup, 15 million bucks for the winner of that, that when it was announced was front page news everywhere, right? That was a real needle moving uh number. Yeah. But this to me just kind of seems a bit half-baked it seems a bit you know it, it i don't know it, it it seems like the sort of money and i hate to say it but it seems the sort of money that the top 50 professionals in the golf tour don't need frankly they don't need 40 million dollars split between the top 50 golfers in the world right they, they've got the chance to earn a lot more than that now numbers 40 through 50 will probably disagree with that but you know what i mean it, it sounds it's not a consequential yeah. number in the scheme of things Whereas it could do an awful lot of good, that kind of money, lower down the golf pyramid, an awful lot of good. Definitely. I think Roger, I think Roger's right, though. It's definitely to ward off. I think it was, was it Saudis who were looking to do a yeah. sort of yeah. behind a, a golf tour a year ago or whatever. But I think the top names, McElroy included, or I think he was the main he was. sort of, he was the main anti guy on it. And I think he's now head of the, he's the now the head PGA pro, isn't he? The, um, he's, he's the chairman of the, uh, the players group sort of thing yeah. that voted in, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So I don't know if he's involved in this or whatever, but to me, 40 million is nothing, is it really? Yeah. 
And so it looks unnecessary. Whereas if you put 20 million in to grow the game in the States, wherever it has to be, and put another 20 in a corn ferry or 10 corn ferry, 10 in the ladies, 20 in the, um, at the grassroots levels, or, you know, put money into municipal golf. Yeah. Well, well, let me let let, let me think it would look better. I I think you've both hit a very good point here, which, you know, in my think over the last two or three days, I have condensed into the phrase half pregnant. Half pregnant is where sport is today. Um, Let let me try and explain that. This is my thinking of Sunday today. It might might change tomorrow. But, you know, uh, what you just said there, Colin, is right. Uh, And let me translate that into the Super League. Um, if the Super League had been presented in a completely different way, and we may come back to that, but if it said, look, we need to recognise the way the world works, we need to recognise the way the media sector works, we need to do this properly, we need to get a salary cap, we need to do it the way Americans League do, but here is the deal. We are going to pay a shitload of money for, um, in, in football's case, the women's game, um, you know, pitches everywhere, and you know, UFO say they all they already do all of this. But what I'm saying is that rather than come up sport with half pregnant, which really satisfies nobody, because it's not the full capitalist model that you would get if you really broke away and just did the whole capitalist thing, and it doesn't satisfy the purists, the the Corinthians, the people that believe like you two are are, are articulating here really well. It's it's a it's a hybrid of nonsense that that leaves what I think is sadly um, not talked about uh, this week enough. Which is, do you really like the current system? Um, you know. So what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, you're right. That probably would have been better uh, going that way in golf and and take that money and and really go in the areas that you said. So what do they do? They come up with something that doesn't really move the needle for the big guys and doesn't go to where it should go. And I'm afraid half pregnant, I think, is the best way I can describe the sports industry. Well, let, well let, 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 let's bring that round to what is obviously the own goal of the week. Um, that's, a, that's a good way to frame it, Roger, which is the debacle, and there is no other word for it, really, uh, surrounding the the European Super League, as it was announced at the, the tail end of, um, I guess, last week. We've We've seen it unfold for a week now we've seen an astonishing backtrack a, 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 a slew of apologies from earnest sounding owners who clearly have been trying to strike the right note and in, and in my view failing but but yeah roger this is something that you've been talking about warning about for for some considerable time so so why don't we start just with you the esl fr- from the moment it was announced last sunday the leak started happening just just walk us through the week as as you saw it and, and your thoughts along the way? Um, well, you, we need to start from the point of view that um, I, it's not just me. There's there's loads of us that have seen this is coming for three or four years. There's people that I spoke to this week that said the plan that came out was the one I saw on my desk three years ago. So I'm not claiming any Nostradamus on this. I just No, no, I, but I didn't say one. you were the only one. I just saying you, you, on this podcast, you've been talking about this for right, a long, long okay. time. Right, so. Right, and then you had, you know, what was it called last year? The the breakaway six, or the, the you know, th- this has been coming, um, and, and and you know, as the week developed, um, I was surprised on Sunday it came out, um, I was surprised the way they did it, um, and and then I was obviously like most of us, 
totally astonished at the way they tried to sell this uh, and every, every, making every mistake in the book where I think it could have been uh, presented much, much better. And, and, and you know, m m maybe I'm arrogant, but I tend to think that I, I put, you know, four or five people together, uh, the, the, the Super League happens. I'm pretty certain of that, Grant, because uh, I think this is an easy one to win the hearts and minds and they made every mistake in the book. The, 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 the other thing with that, obviously, and Colin will tell us about this, is that um, the American people who, who think we're probably driving this um, in Milan with the Gazidis, uh, obviously with Kronke, um, the Glazers uh, and the Fenway group, none of them have what we would call earned the right to, to speak to the hearts and souls of the football fan. They've been basically anonymous for their whole tenure. And, you know, my information is that they really tried to find somebody to be the face of this. They couldn't come up with anybody. Um, Florentino Perez, you know, was a disaster. Um, Agnelli is, is, is <laughs> he's not, he's not, um, he's not the, 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 the most empathetic person in the world. Uh, there's a lot of backstories about him and his cousin and the Elkins and, you know, um, even his commercial director at Juventus and, and everything like that. People who know, know, I, I don't want to go into those stories because they're painful for some people regarding Agnelli. So um, they, uh, they they didn't present it at all well and it just got eaten away um, and obviously it collapsed. And then there's this, I found it rather undignified race to be the first one out of the boat to to distance yourself from it. Uh, I, I believe that if you are going for something, you know, uh, and, and you fail, you just say, um, okay, I didn't make it. You don't say, oh, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, please forgive me. That, that just sounds super weak to me. You know, you, you either believe in something or you don't. And then, you know, as the week goes on, you, you move away from what I call the first order thinking of reaction, which is, this is terrible. They're, they're taking our game. We, we love the game. They don't. They're greedy Americans. We are not. Um, this game is about the football family and the whole Robin of Loxley type, you know, narrative that came out that um, I found rather um, almost nauseating because um, if, if you look at uh, what the situation is today, um, Football has been totally distorted by financial doping. You know, the, the main players today are not the ones we grew up with. You know, I don't see Derby around. I, I, don't, I don't see Nottingham Forest around. Um, Chelsea were nobody when I was growing up. PSG were nobody when I was growing up. Man City spent most of, most of recent years in lower divisions. So this idea that we have got this fair competition um, that is beautifully Corinthian it is nonsense. Uh, we just have a different kind of financial unfairness than the one the Americans are are talking about. And here's the thing. The one we have is killing football because there is no control on wages. The people that are financing it are not in the main financially sensitive to losses. I mean, nation states. I mean, oligarchs. Uh, I mean, people that are looking for um, sport washing. They're not financially sensitive, so they bid up prices so that the whole industry becomes, 
becomes unsustainable. The championship, which, oh, let's, we must have promotion and relegation. Isn't that lovely? You look at what the idea of promotion and relegation has done to the clubs in the English championship. It is a financial basket case. It is a receiver's wet dream. And you're telling me that I should be criticising an idea of what I call deciding whether we're fish or fowl and getting away from this half-pregnant thing. So I, my, my reaction was they fucked it up huge, huge, almost unforgivably. Uh, the, the initial reaction was, I thought, um, relatively uh, underwhelming intellectually for me and played to the masses. And now we will see how the game plays out because the status quo is not anything that purists like you and Colin aspire to. Well, th th listen, there's a bunch of things in there that I want to come back and ask you about. But before I do that, I, I, Colin, I want to hear your thoughts as an Arsenal fan and a football fan. As, as, you know, your week, how did, how did the whole thing play out in your eyes? Um, do you know what? <laughs> when, I, when, I, um, when it all came out Sunday... Um, Rogers, one of the, you guys, one of the first people I was thinking about because you listen. This is the green train left the station twenty odd years ago, right? It's Rogers dead right, and I think there's been a lot of moralising this week that I've found a little bit. Come on, lads, listen. Just something Roger touched on about the championship. Right, we touched about the championship about um, yeah, clubs clubs are at 110 and 120 percent wages of their turnover, and what's even worse is. Look at the doping of the clubs that go down, the parachute payment. Who's just who just won the league by cancer? Wait, hang on. Can, can, can I just say, if we are going to get rid of the parachute payment, can we do it next year? Would you just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's all part of it. But <laughs> I, 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 I'm not saying one or other, but I'm just, just touching on what Rog says there. Listen, Norwich have walked away with it in first. Watford have walked away with it in second. And I'll be damn sure Bournemouth will win the playoffs. That's your three teams that have gone down and uh, went down last year. And, and you know damn well the teams that go down this year, two of the three will go back up. Probably West Brom and hopefully Fulham don't go down. But if they do, they're probably set to go up because the parachute payments make a difference. But that's an aside. So that's done. It's not an aside. It's, it's the whole ball game. It, what we have today is the illusion of, of, of football mobility. It's, it's dishonest. It's dishonest. There is elitism today, and it happened, as you say, in 1992 when the English Premiership started and just got wider and wider, and we've covered it up, willingly covered it up. It's not a, a side issue. I, the idea is that we've got the illusion of promotion and relegation. Yeah, but we do. Listen, we do have it. We, we've had, you know, one season wonders come up, Blackpool, um, uh, I think we'll hold City for up for a couple of years. The, the, the teams can do it. So there is a meritocracy. But with that meritocracy, the worst thing that's happened to football is financial fair play. And I, I, I look what happened to my club, Arsenal, with financial fair play. We're stuck by the rules. It's been awful. <laughs> Listen, we've, we've, we've been run... The Cronkies are absent owners. I don't care what anyone says. They don't care. Oh, look at all their sporting stuff. All right, the Rams showed a little bit, I think, the year before last and whatever. But most of it's set in mediocrity, right? And it's not that they don't spend money at Arsenal. They spend it badly. They hire the wrong people. Um, and listen, 
we've had a conversation about this particular guy, AC Milan, before, right? You knew he'd be knee deep in it because everything he touched goes to turns to whatever, right? So I, I, I've got two views on it. I, I, I agree with the whole thing was a disaster. You know, the official comms come out at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. You can't be too proud of something if you're doing that on a Sunday. <laughs> or was it, sorry, I lie, 10 o'clock. During line of duty of all things, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was shambolic. But, but what you have to realise is that football is doped already. It's a greedy, greedy sport. And all those guys, and I get the journalists moralising because, all right, they're earning out of it. But football, we need wages cap. Football is earning so much money. When, when, when clubs can go bust, like Berry, et cetera, et cetera, and then you they're have someone bust. like Mini Riola. Uh, all but of them then, down there, I mean, like, you, you look at any of them, you know, whether it's uh, Derby and um, they're going to be bought by some Indonesian and there's a, a, a Spanish intermediary that's got the shadiest background of all. I mean, like, the, these clubs are no longer, you know what they are now? They're, they're, they're little bonds that you guys used to trade that, you know, have got uh, the, the, the attraction of, of having community loyalty but they're treated and they're they're handed around amongst the the lower levels of the financial community, uh, and it's is desperately sad. And and I'm if I have to pick between continuing like this or saying I need we need to do something different. We need to like recognise that these are two different products. Um, let's make sure nobody is worse off. Let's make sure the payments are super transparent. Uh, these rich boys, yeah, they can go and fuck off and play themselves, but they have to pay the football family, but play, pay transparently and all of that. I, I'll, I'll go for that because I think that can be done well with people of good heart and, and, and honesty. That can be done well today. And we haven't even talked about the fact that, you know, teams like mine for 20 years, for a generation, have been in, in the, the tundra uh, of nothingness. Uh, and the, so, you know, this idea that we were defending this week, it, it really got to me, Colin. Yeah, I, 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 and I totally agree. I don't like all the moralising, but it was the worst concept ever. You, you need a meritocracy. I don't care what anyone says. Yes, we can pretend there's loads of money in it or not loads of money, but you have to have the ability to qualify for something because someone's always going to throw a Leicester at you, and rightly so. But there's, to me, with this, and I, I actually think they've made such a bad job of this, I think it goes away because UEFA have got the upper hand now. They've totally got the upper hand. But they've been kowtowing to these clubs for ages, right? Yeah. Look, at, look at this thing for 2024. You've got two two teams, two coefficient teams. So if you've been good in Europe for the previous 10 years but been shipped domestic for three years, you're in the Champions League. What difference is that? That's what, that's what I'm saying, Colin. That's what I'm saying. It's dishonest. Uh, and I, I really, there's nothing I like, I dislike more than somebody playing the virtue signalling uh, card as they've all done this week and, and just ignoring the shit show that is around just now in football. And that's that's been my problem with it. The only winners this week that are not winners. There's none. I, I even read David Walsh in the Sunday Times said it was the best week for English football since 1966. Oh I Lord. love David Walsh, but come on, man. Oh but all I would say, the only, the best thing to come out of this week is that fans now know their worth. And I think their worth is a bit more than they thought. Yeah, it's, it, it really yeah, it's is. It's a good point. And, They're scared. 
they've scared a lot of owners. Well, what, one of the things, Carl, I saw at the, I guess that it was the protest outside the Arsenal Everton game. Um, was it yesterday or the day before? Uh, and it was just it was on the news, so it was just it was just a bit of B-roll footage they had in the background as the as they were telling the story. And there was someone walking past with a sign, just you know, a piece of A4 paper with a you know, sharpie writing on it, and it just said "fan, not customer." And that Rog hit me like a ton of bricks, particularly oh, given God. all the talking, all the talking we've had. No, and I, I, I know what you're thinking about this, but. That to me, rightly or wrongly, tells me how the fans see themselves. Now they may not be, but that's how they see themselves as oh, fans. Sure, sure, sure. And and they're starting to feel like customers. And the only way to pull this off, because let's face it, they are customers now. That's the bottom line, is to make them feel like fans, even though they are customers, right? And that is that's not an easy thing to stick. But when you look at the things that people are outraged about and the things they feel they're losing yeah as as a fulham fan i i love the idea that we might beat arsenal every now and again right and we might go to to liverpool and beat liverpool at anfield once every 25 years and you live for those days yes you don't want to get relegated you want to try and stay in the premier league and play against the top teams and be on the tv every week and all that stuff but you have these these little victories that mean so much to you as a fulham fan rather than you know, a football fan. And yeah, it sucks when you get relegated, but the next year you may be in a thick of a promotion battle. There's some, there's always something going on, which which I think is the is the kind of rub of what a lot of the fans were talking about with this whole closed league thing. It's like Arsenal, yeah, you want to beat Spurs, but there'll be a period where, like you are now, you know Arsenal are not going to contend for the league. And so you spend the whole season pissed off because either Man City are running away with it or Spurs are above you or whatever it may be. And if you're one of those big six teams, in the last, what, 10 years, we've only ever had really, what, two close-run Premier League races? Really close-run in, in the last 10 years? So I, I just I just think it's a different viewpoint for fans of the big clubs versus fans of little clubs. Now, and if I'm Man United... I, no, but Roger, if yeah. I'm Man United, I want to play Man City and Liverpool and Chelsea because I want, I want to beat... The teams that that we have a history with, I don't. I, it doesn't matter to me if we go and beat Real Madrid once every few weeks. You know, it just, right, just doesn't right, mean right, Let me let, let me go all Harvey Specter on you here, right? Go, I'm, just I'm, don't go I'm, Phil Specter on me. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, um, you've described your joy at being a a Fulham fan. Do oh, you steady. believe steady, steady Rog? Let's yeah. not get carried away. Do, 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 do you believe Fulham gets more or less than it's due? from the money that the football industry makes. What do you mean? The money that you get every year, I think you probably get 100 million plus this year. Do you think that is your right value or do you think it's less or more than what your economic value is? Uh, no, it's, it's probably too much, Rog. But it, no, it's, it's, it's significantly too no, much, but, Grant. No, it, I would only agree with that if we had been in the championship for three years, we'd lost all the parachute payments, we're in the middle, then you'll know what your what your value is. The, the prize of getting in the premiership is sharing in that pot of money, right? That's well, the but, price. But let, let's, let's stay on the question and take it away from your club. Do you believe that um, in today's world, 
um, a Crystal Palace gets more or less than it's... No, way too much. Bar- if it's Palace, way too much. It's worth a lot less than that, Roger. That's uh, whatever that's, that's team much you easier. want, whatever <laughs> team, Ev- Everton, whatever team you want, do you believe Everton gets more or less than it's due uh, from in terms of economic value? I, I I think it's a really difficult question to it's ask. It's not difficult. No, you I, no, can, I, look, you can of value the, this no, Raj, brand. Raj, of course the answer is too much because the money they're playing for is too much. But no, I'm not. I'm not going there. Whatever the pie is, let's say the pie is a hundred, and today you there's twenty clubs. You're getting five or four or something like that, right? What I'm suggesting that you should be getting point four because that hundred ninety um, percent of it is generated by the big six. So I am saying to you that, that the big six are not the same as the others in other countries are subsidizing in quite a, quite a socialist way the rest of football. Uh, it didn't used to be that way. Everybody used to be fair. Maybe there's even days that we used to share the gates. Uh, but as the world has moved to much more a media value and media values can be attributed to eyeballs and, and now social media, I can tell you, because I've been in there and I lived it with Celtic and Rangers in my little world, they generate most of the value. They know it, their investors know it. And they don't understand, well, they do understand, but they would like to change that. They would like to redress it. Your club, your club, uh, Grant, you know, you say you like to be Arsenal. You shouldn't even be playing Arsenal because in today's reality of the industry, and when I say industry, I don't want to talk about products and customers. I'm talking about value chain. Money comes in the top and it gets distributed to the stakeholders. You don't generate any revenue and very, very little revenue in the European football industry but you take a shitload of money out of it and that's wrong for me that that in 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 a calvinist and i'm not a calvinist i said at the top of the show in a calvinist scottish way is wrong and you know everybody that says well we i can turn it around and you and i could say you're sucking off the golden teat of big clubs that you actually despise and that is the problem of the football industry so, well, so, so it seems to me, Rog, that that means the Super League is the answer to that. Yeah. You know, so when, what, so, so what I would say is this: I would say there's no product market fit anymore in football. I've said this a million times. There's, there's a, a product market fit for the Hollywood clubs, and there's one for the, the, the rest, and they are very respectful. The, the problem is it's half pregnant and it's all mixed up now. So. What you do when you need to split up, and um, like I say many times, the old LP, you know, it used to be full of hits and fillers. Football has got a chance before it is too late to negotiate the best terms possible for the people that generate, the, from the people that generate all the revenue and get as much as a dowry as possible now. Get as much ventilation, playoffs, comp competitions that gives the illusion that there's still a football family because I'm telling you, in terms of an industry, and this is what I'm sure my American cousins are tearing their hair out for, as an industry, it's a nonsense just now. Your club is like rolling in money you don't deserve. See, I see it different, Rog. I see it totally different. I, I see that, yes, 
the bigger clubs make a lot of the money. But do you know what? As a football fan, as an Arsenal season ticket holder of too many years, do I want to watch Arsenal Barcelona every week? No chance. Not a prayer. Because Perez goes on about tennis needs to, uh, football needs to be like tennis. We need to have Federer and Nadal yeah. every week. I couldn't think of anything more boring, to be honest. Um, I understand, yes, that Fulham are probably over over earning, but you know what? That's 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 part of the meritocracy of getting up there, right? So you, you speculate to accumulate. Well, well, first of all, yeah, but it, yeah, you speculate all, to accumulate. Well. Only one can get up, only two can get up, only three can get up, and and the all the other ones are yeah, bust. And three can come down, and the, and the all the other yeah. ones are bust. It's it's not working, Colin. That that thing isn't working. But but, but it's all great though, Roger. And, and when you go back to the start of the Premier League, they they started it because they wanted more money. But where they, I thought they they did the lazy fair. Everyone gets an equal vote, right? Everyone yeah, gets an do. equal vote, and and they all get within reason equal money until in 2018. Do you remember they changed it? So all the international yeah. money, obviously generated by the big yeah, six, they keep pushing. Comes in. They keep pushing. They keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But right, but what I'm saying is rightly answer. so. Let's let's split the thing but, away. Uh, if it but was, they don't all want to play each other every week. That's the problem. Well, there's, there's too boring. There, there's two or three elements in that, Colin. First of all, um. American sport, the ones we've alluded to, the ones that we've often talked about, the ones that Grant talks about, doesn't have, they don't have promotion and relegation. They work that out. Uh, so I don't buy this thing that the closed league is dead on arrival. I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I think that's lazy. For us, they've never had that in America. It's not like they tried it and they've that's never okay, had right. that. So here we're getting to the crux of it now. They've never had to change it. They've got a system that works for them. We are having to go from what was, you know, the, the way it was in the 60s and 70s, pretty working class game to, to where it is today. There's nothing like that. And we are having to change. And why are we having to change? Because the game is bust. Because um, all of us have, have tried so hard to get up into the English Premiership and, and nine out of ten are burst because of that. We need capital. And the capital can come, as far as I can see it, from three places. Sovereign wealth funds. Uh, oligarchs and Malaysians and Indonesians and Chinese that want to get their money offshore and American capital, whether that is in, the, in, in like a Fenway group or whether it's a private equity company. These are all Americans. So you are in a situation here where the culture needs to change. Uh, 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 the people who are prepared to, to, to finance that, they want it to be in their image and they, and they, 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 they think it should follow more rules with less volatility. We are in the, I keep saying this, half pregnant. We are stuck in the quicksand of neither fish nor fowl, and we don't have any money. Barcelona's bust to the tune of a billion. Inter Milan, 650. As you said, Colin, in, in the championship all over the place, uh, AC Milan, uh, Singer took them over because, you know, that's what vulture guys do when you, when you go bust. How, how much more evidence do I need to give you? Today, it's not working. And the second point, and then I'll stop, is you say you're not interested, Colin, in, in, in Arsenal Barcelona. i tell you what, your son is, and if he's not, his son is. Uh, You've got to face into this. There's, it, there's, there's a traditional community of European football of mainly men, I would say, 35 upwards and maybe even more who are screaming fucking blue murder that they don't like this. 
but they're not the future. They're not the future. I wouldn't be hanging my hat on 18 to 24-year-olds, that's for damn sure, right, because they come and go, and they do come and go. Listen, as, as someone said, they must have loved the Super League, it only lasted two days, yeah, right? that was a good gag, that was a good gag, yeah. yeah a good gag. Yeah. It's, also, it's also up there with, the, when I watched that demonstration, just as an aside, I watched that demonstration on Friday, um, at Arsenal, and they had the best, the best placard of the week was pin the file on the Cronky, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> but listen, I, I get the economics of it. I get the fact that there's the Barcelona, Barcelona are gone by. Listen, Barcelona and Real Madrid absolutely rinsed La Liga, the TV rights, and they still can't make it work. These clubs are so badly run. So badly run. But do you know, do you know why they're badly run? And, and I'm going to get into really difficult territory now. It's the fans' fault. It's the fans' fault. Without a salary cap, the fans, who, by the way, are as fickle as hell, oh, and who, by the way, um, one week are, are wonderful uh, saviours of the working class hero, and the other week are abusing all and sundry on social media. Make your mind up, uh, brackets. Fans will not in any way accept rationality in the running of football. And hence, football is irrational. That's why you pay so much for players, why you pay, you, you saw it in the Sunderland Till You Die thing, why why you get uh, put into a corner and you end up paying so much more and you've got buyer's remorse. This is an industry that does that because the fans do not allow you to be rational. And the only way that you, it's, it's really simple, the only way you can control European football is with a salary cap at 50%. The only way, and you said earlier, financial fair play. Problem with financial fair play is you, you probably adhere to it, but um, well, let me think. Man City took them to court because of that. PSG yeah, um, got away relatively lightly. Inter and, and Milan uh, were in it as well. Here, here's the acid test for me. Uh, UEFA did a good thing in trying to put into, into uh, financial fair play into into uh, shape. They couldn't hold it because they don't have the power. The power lies in the generator of wealth. You two are you two are capitalists. You know that the power lies in the generator of wealth. The fans could be a part of that, but they're irrational. Fans are irrational. Fans are blind. You know. So I I am not going to buy this line. We need to listen to the fans. Fans will turn their opinion. Let me tell you on the day that you know uh, Tottenham are playing for the first tournament in age uh, uh, prize in ages. Mourinho's not there. If I take you back to the autumn of this season, the Tottenham fans were saying, here we go, Jose. He's our saviour. We're going to do it. It's four, five months that have passed and a complete outlook of the fan, not the customer, uh, has changed 180 degrees. Until football, football realises that you cannot follow the fan because... He, again, it's nearly always he, he is irrational. We won't make any progress. And I'm so angry that these people and the way they did this so clumsily may have lost this for a generation because this needs to happen and it needs to be reorganized away from either pregnant or not pregnant. Today, we're in the worst of both worlds. So, Ross, Ross let, let me come back and ask you, you, you said something about... 15 minutes ago, where you said, if you could have put five or six people together, this would have happened. 
So talk me through that. I presume those people are mainly PR people. But, no, but, no, no, there's, but, but there's talk, a lot. But talk to me about how this could have happened. Right, okay. Uh, well, what you do, what you do is you, you, you come out with a lot of the things that I've said in this podcast and you put them in question form. Are we happy with the current custodians of the game, UEFA and FIFA? I think we can win that uh, PR case. I think we can win it really, really, really well. Yep, yep. Um, are we thinking that today's uh, football industry is beautifully fair and deals with everybody correctly and isn't financially doped? I think I can win that really, really easily. Do we believe that the product is perfectly matched to the younger audiences that are our future? Again, I think I will win that. And then you just drag people along uh, over months, probably not on a Sunday night, over months to say, we do need to change. Can we come together to work out how we do that? And then you start avoiding words like breakaway and you start avoiding words like Super League. You, t you start talking about the way it was done the last time, you know, like when the Premiership broke away, when my league broke away, you're, you're just a layer above the existing football family. Then you talk a lot, a, an awful lot about how much respect the different culture uh, in American sport to, to European sport, and you're going to respect that. You talk about how much you're going to put into women's football. Uh, that was in their press releases, but it, it wasn't. You can't just do that from one night to the next day. That's months and months and months where you get everybody to the position where you say, the status quo isn't really that good, is it? Now, in England, that's harder because I said to you the, list, the last time, you guys don't see it because you've had the best of the both worlds. Juventus won nine uh, championships in a row. Uh, Bayern, the same thing. European football ain't in great shape. There is total polarisation. So you, 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 you talk about all of that and then you get people of good heart and honesty and real smarts and, and you put them together to work out a system where, you know, maybe you don't everybody get what they want. Maybe you have, you know, a migration. It's a little bit like cricket and you have different formats and everything like that. I don't think that, you know, of all the projects I've done in my life, I don't think that's particularly hard, Grant. I'm going to win that battle. Yeah. No, you, look, you, you, when you put it that way, that is... A very straightforward and sensible approach bro. so so why the hell is it just is it just that this was a pathetic failure at that or did they have the wrong understanding of it what what can it be because the way they did it was so bad it almost feels like they were throwing themselves on their own sword um you, you know you know the answer it's um it's uh, it's uh, icarus it's uh, hubris um there are certain people that when they get to certain positions they they lose the ability to listen. They believe in their own PR, and they're badly advised. And there's they never, in my experience, never ever employ somebody that's prepared to say to them, uh, "Look, I never said anything in the room when you were saying that, but that was completely wrong, and uh, we need to get out of this." Uh, the the wrong people. It's like you know when you put it in our terms. Uh, the model that I just uh, articulated, I think, was a right vision, a right way to do it. I think that was a winning pitch. You then, uh, I've got one thing left. It's called execution risk. That's the, you know the terms you use in VC world. 
execution risk here uh, <laughs> went pear-shaped, <laughs> you know? Uh, honestly, and as like I said to you before, the Glazers aren't liked, Woodward isn't liked, Kroenke isn't liked, Gazidis isn't liked, Agnelli isn't liked, Perez is, is totally out of touch and, 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 and woefully clumsy in the way he talks about it. Uh, Barcelona, it's a basket case. And, you know, like, the, people follow a leader, Grant. I mean, we know this at our age. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether it's Mark Antony that turns around uh, the, the piazza or whether it's Napoleon that gets the armies to just go over to his side, you need a leader. These people didn't have a leader. You know, in Europe, different to America, we don't just work on the spreadsheets and, you know, how, 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 how you, we need somebody to win hearts and minds. And I don't think the Americans are super, super good at that. So, Cole, is, is there any way this could have worked for you? Well, I, listen, I, I, to me, Roger almost sold it, right? You have to, they they let you away for, I nothing to do with FIFA, they let you away for win an easy battle. And Roger's dead right. You look at these European leagues, they're struggling. Juventus nine in a row. Do you know, there's been, there's been a lot, there's been three domestic trebles in the last 10 years. There's been, um, I think there's been invincible in the last years. I've always one of them is in Scotland. That teams are winning their leagues too easy. It's been four triples in France, right? Come on, that's not competitive. We look at it. We're quite okay. interested. We just look at the Premier League, which is a bit more competitive, um, and and we do sell and we do sell the dream. There's no doubt about that. We sell the dream better, and I think that's why a lot of the kickback was in this country because people still like the dream, and I think that needs to be respected. But. You're right. You're you for a no paragon of virtue at all, at all. Yeah, but so so and if if, if I, I if I had pitched that to you, Colin, like say a month ago, you 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 would have bought that, wouldn't you? Well, you, I would have said you have given. I would say let's leave the detail to later. And by the way, Colin, you'll be part of working out the detail. But in terms of big picture, you you would have you would have bought that. If I could as, as you give a club, you can't give clubs twenty-three year membership of something with no promotion and relegation. That, that no relegation out of it, and that's what they were doing. I think that was a twenty-three year deal. Oh yeah, the, of, the mechanics of it, it and then the way the money's were distributed. It was all poor, super, super poor, horrible. Yeah, none of it was smart. None, none of it was smart. But they, they could have got. They could have got away. Listen, it's it's loaded. I think the Champions League's loaded in front of the for the big guys already. Yep, now, it is. Right. They, they just. They just, it's, it's the whole thing's great, we know. Could, could they have done it so much better? Yeah, of course they could have done. Would they have got it through? I don't know. But what, look, okay, so let, let's, let's play devil's advocate. Let's say they have a Super League and when they come back next time, they say, right, there will be two relegation spots and whatever, you have a mini tournament with the winner of every league in Europe or whatever it may be to get those two Spots. Does that do it? Just having an element of relegation, even no, just no, one no, thing, really. whatever. As a fan, no. As a fan, as no. As a fan, no way. Well, 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 you need to earn. My view is, and this is from, only from my club only. And, and listen, perversely, listen. I'd have loved it if Arsenal stepped away, and it would look really good. But I can see it, the phrase that got used is, "Listen, they're, they're better off being in the tent pissing out than whatever sort of thing." So I can see why they panicked and got involved. I don't think they were the authors, but they panicked and got involved. It's, it's the same blame. But to me, as a football fan, I want to earn the right to be involved in, 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 in that sort of beauty parade. I don't want to just... My history doesn't earn me the right. I've been in one European Cup final. 
My money probably earns me the right. It's wrong. And, and this way, Liverpool Man United got it really wrong. You know, they've got so much history with the Champions League European Cup and they were prepared to sort of toss that away. And I think it's more shame on Liverpool and United than Johnny come late. He's like Arsenal and Spurs. We've been in one Champions League final each and we never us won them. Grant, so. the, the model you're talking about is pretty much the model of the Premiership today. You know, you've got three relegation spots and, and all of that. You, we've got to face into this. This model doesn't work especially not with uh, uh, parachute payments. It doesn't work. It, it just, we've got to face into this. It does not work. So anybody that doesn't want to agree with that, I, I would have to stop and say, I, I, I don't think you understand. All the evidence is in your face. Um, the championship becomes a kind of like, it's almost going to, to Goodwood and putting on the money on to the 50 to one outsider. Uh, your strategy to get into the premiership. Uh, Leeds didn't go up last year. They, they don't know what happens. Anyway, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The polarization just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I, I, I'm not sure what the answer is, but you know, something along the lines of you need to identify certain teams that are clearly um, in a different category of product than anybody else. And, you know, across Europe, there's probably two dozen of them and they should be allowed to play each other all they want. I would give up relegation. I'm, I'm sorry, but not because I, 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 I'm, I, I... It's because I don't see any other option. I've been around this game long enough. I've heard people, I've heard them talk so much about all the things we've talked about here. It, I just don't see a solution. The solution, I think, is to negotiate. First of all, get the product uh, uh, market mix right and the fit right, and then work out the best deal you can. And I think the best deals, to come back to your point, Grant, is... This is cup competitions. Uh, you, you, they have to play cup competitions with the rest of the football family, um, and, and and maybe that way you you get the FA Cup or the equivalent of it back to the glory of it. Once had, you know, you let them do their kind of like you know thriller type, you know, overtime, modern, you know, brand NFT cup, um, whatever you want to call it. That's the way the world's going. Uh, and you 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 try and keep a link to the traditional football, which trust yeah, me Rose, will Rose, survive. Who's yeah. who, who, what? What team are Man City going to play in the FA Cup? Like what what eleven players are they going to put on the pitch? You're going to devalue the thing. It's, it's going to be irrelevant to them, right? And you can say, oh, we want to force you to play your best team all the time. The fans won't buy. It. I mean, I, look, I I, I the, the, I'm in the position where I don't disagree from a pragmatic business standpoint of view with really anything you say, but. Trying to sell it to the fans, I think, is a is a much harder proposition because without the the promotion and the relegation for the fans, and yes, it sucks when you're in the relegation battle. But you know what? Honestly, this season, I'd rather be watching Fulham and every game I'm on the edge of my seat and thinking, "Oh, come on, come on!" And yes, I get the disappointment when we lose, and yes, we'll probably go down or whatever. But if I'd have been Wolves this year. Sitting, oh, maybe we get to go eighth this year, or oh, maybe we go down to 13th this week. There's nothing in there for me. So, without that relegation, you know, last year for Fulham was a magnificent year. You know, we didn't get in the automatic promotion, but you had something at stake every week and it meant something. And in every league, if you're in those middle 10 places or eight places in the middle somewhere, you just, 
you know, Colin knows a bit about that being an Arsenal fan this year. But, 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 but you know, without we're, that we're, Jeopardy, we're I was really by the middle of March. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Grant, can I ask the, you, the, how, the how is it you manage to enjoy American sports? How is it that none of this affects you when you love your American sports? Uh, Roger, uh, no, hang on. I, I love the game in America, right? I love, I love the game of baseball. I'm a Mets fan, right? They, they suck, but I enjoy the right. game of baseball. I don't have the kind of affiliation to any American sports team that I have with, with, with the Fulham. And but I also don't, do. uh, no, but many I also, do. no, fine. But I also dip in and out. When I lived in America, uh, it was before they televised every Premier League game. So I've followed American sport, but I followed it for the season to see how my team, would the Mets get in the playoffs? That was basically on the baseball team, right? Um, now, obviously, the Premier League's on. I find myself dipping in and out of American sports much more. I know far less about American sports today than I did before, but that was because I'm a sports fan. I couldn't watch the Premier League in in, in the US in the early uh, early part of this century. So I was forced to really watch American sports. And before that, yeah, I but, watched but, it because... But, but analyze it from afar then, Grant. There's a lot of people who are big fans of the Eagles or the Mets or, or, or whatever... And they have done a promotion and relegation, and they are still. No, but, okay, Roger, but hang on, hang on, hang on. Are they? Right. Get someone who buys a uh, Donovan McNabb quarterback Philadelphia Eagles shirt with a number five on the back and walks around London with it on because he's an Eagles fan. Is he a fan, really? Or is this just a marketing exercise? The same way there are people in Kuala Lumpur walking around with. A Burnley no, show. No, I'm talking about Americans. I'm talking about Americans following American sport. They're passionate about their team the way you are about Fulham. They don't have relegation. They seem to have no issue with that. What? Because that's how they're brought up. Right. I, I just think it's a different restaurant to me. Um, and also, they don't have transfer fees. They, you know, we know it all. The different, the, the cultural differences, transfer fees, drafts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they sort of, in a way, they're all eating out of the same pot as well, aren't they? They absolutely so, are. It's, they absolutely yeah. are. <laughs> so, yeah, that model is great for them. It just doesn't work right, Okay, here. okay, I, I, Colin, right. I hear was, you. Uh, I, 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 let's say and, I get that. Go. One other thing I want to say is, how much did you enjoy Atlanta, Atlanta in the Champions League? Was it last year? Yeah, yeah, it was last year. Atlanta did well. L listen, listen, here's the difference between you, me and you two. I have been neutered to my enjoyment of football for 25 years now because my team has been lobotomized, right? I get that. So so I look at this coldly and that gives me an enormous advantage. The Americans, I understand the way that they need to invest in, in a sport for a return. I understand where they're coming from. The big teams who are subsidizing all you lot in, in, in a way like it's like the, 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 the UK in the 60s where you paid 90% tax, it's that bad. They, they think they deserve more. I get that. I also get the fact that we've got this thing in, the, in Europe and, and especially in the UK about the tradition of the game. So all I can leave you with you two is you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. This train left the station on a one-way ticket about 1990, 91, 92. You can't roll that back now. And the current system is not full social mobility and, and egalitarian and, and, and absolutely every. It's not. 
it, it's not, it is set up to be bust and it is bust. And, you know, you tell me what the solution is. You tell me because you can't just say, I don't like everything you're proposing to me. No. What's the solution? I agree. It, it is, listen, it is bank. Most of football is bankrupt. I totally get that. But I think with that Super League, be even more bankrupt. I really, look Look what it would have done to what would have been left behind. It'd have been awful. Not it wouldn't have helped anyone in Scotland. Not necessarily. I mean, like again, you know, the people that have done these things, you you, you, you negotiate a great deal, a dowry, a, a, a royalty payment, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, the, especially. But and we, I, had that, we, we had that into the championship with the parish payments and all that. And that... You know, it hasn't overly worked, does it? Yeah, yeah because you're still talking, and, and this all comes down to this at the end of the day, it really should be is relegation promotion uh, as a concept compatible in any way with sport as a modern industry, right? Uh, and you mean I, an invested, investable industry? Well, what I'm saying is... You, you, you don't want to use that word. Make sure you've got a sustainable industry. Well, if you've got a bust industry, though. you need to speak to investable and investors. But but if investors don't like the volatility, they shouldn't be investing, should they? They won't. Those, 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 well, those Americans will be pleased to be gone. Yeah. What was the other? There was, there was another placard, something like, if you don't like the multiples and valuations, you can go away. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but, but let, so let me take you forward a year where you've won completely. The Americans are so hacked off that they've gone. Um, but they've made the balls of it themselves, though. Yeah, I'm not denying that, Colin. But uh, the, 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 the realities here is not to comment on the last battle and the mistakes that were made, but to analyse the strategic risk board and work out where you now sit. You know, you've got uh, European football's got two choices. Embrace the business world and act accordingly with many things that will be uh, not acceptable to what you call the traditional fan base or forget external capital, forget new capital and good luck trying to wind yourself back to the 1970s. Good luck. Do you know the most important thing I think they need to do? Cat wages. Well, there you go. Uh, UEFA can't do it. Um, the, the, the English um, Football League Try to do it. It's a shambles. You can't do it unless you are in a business together the way the Americans are in their leagues. Only then do you know that solidarity brings strength and um, a, a good future. You can't cap wages because fans will not allow you. So the person that you say is not willing to give up his culture towards an American one is the one that will also not allow you to have a salary cap. They just, they don't, they're irrational. They, they, they you know, like so I said. We, we, I just, just don't like this idea that we have to change uh, European football culture. Well, find a way to, to finance it, Colin. Find find your way to finance it because... The, the, well, that's, that's, that's the issue and I totally get that. And I get the economics of it, but listen... I believe in meritocracy at all levels, and that's what we need. You need to have promotion and relegation. Otherwise, people won't turn up. I'm yeah. telling you, they will not turn up. Okay, Everything you, will be like a pre-season well, game. Listen, I'm just, I'm just again, uh, Harvey Specter, right? When you when you were a lad, um, what did you think of Chelsea Football Club? Were they one of your feared competitors? No. Nah. Say honestly what you thought about Chelsea Football Club. 
What's the Doug Chelsea? That, they used to have a good firm. <laughs> right, right, okay, right. Good, good firm. Cause a lot of crowd trouble. Yeah, yeah, right. They, they, they were kind of like making up the numbers uh, along the King's Road. They were never serious. Yeah. Right, they were never serious. Every so often they put a couple of uh, decent teams together, but they were never what we would call proper clubs. Never with the, with the DNA of champions the way Arsenal has and Highbury and, and the listed building and all that. They, they, they were lightweights. Let's be honest, they were lightweights. Your football industry, the one you've talked about, has put them top of the hill. Justify but, that but, to me. Yeah. They don't deserve to be there. Well, they do and they don't, don't they, right? Because no one stopped it. No one, as I said, the green train left the station years and years ago, right? You know, so look you're, at Jack you're Walker and Blackburn. That, yeah, exactly, Jack Walker and Blackburn. So you're, but, but no one complained about that, did they, sir? There's certain elitism that you're happy with, which is what I call the sugar daddy capitalism of European football. You're happy with that. You're not Do you know what? I'll be honest with you, Rod. I'd rather have see how Abramovich runs Chelsea or the Abu Dhabi guys run um, Man City than how the Cronkers run Arsenal. I'm telling you that now. Yeah, but you're still comparing in sugar daddy capitalism. The Newcastle are begging the Saudis to come in. Yeah. That's, that's it's almost... You're, it's ma you're making your at... argument for me, Colin. But what do we want? Do we want investors in football? Do we want investors or guys who are just trying to um, flush it through, whitewashing? Feels like the whitewashing guys seem the better of the, the evils, right? Well, the whitewashing guys, like I said at the top of this, are people who are investing for other reasons that uh, yeah. you, that maybe we don't want to investigate too much. So I, I just don't get this whole purity thing because um, I believe there's more purity in saying this is a model that works, this is sustainable, uh, we have to give up some of our culture, but this will work, we'll all be fine to one which says, let's hope some Indonesian who managed to get his money out of Macau in time is going to invest in my club and take me up to the Premiership. I find no glory in that, Colin. No, there needs to be reform. There needs to be total reform. There needs to be, you need a fit, the fit and proper owner thing to be um, exercised, not just watched. Um, but so clubs do need reform. Listen, the, the, as I said, the genie's out of the lamp. You're never going to get to the German 51% uh, fan ownership model because that, that's not going to happen Eight championships but, in a row Bayern Munich just want to leave that on the table there yeah, that's yeah not working. Absolutely. That, that product's not working let's be clear it's not working domestically but our domestic situation does work no, better than most right? no, no it doesn't Again, look at the look at the, the people that are aspiring to get into the Premiership. They are throwing themselves on the swords of promotion like lemmings off the cliff and one out of 20 survives, and the, all the other ones get passed on like so, a, a bad IOU to the, 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 the next shady businessman that comes along. That's not glorious. That's not working. But there's no... But if, so what you're saying is you have a closed shop and just don't let anyone I don't. Up. I cannot see any alternative. I one day may come up with a solution, uh, but you, I, I've been thinking about this. You might as well put the pillow over their face, to be honest, these clubs, if there's no promotion or relegation. Well, that well that's, that's, a good, that's a good way to say that because maybe it comes down right to this. Are you prepared to die in a ditch over promotion and relegation or are you prepared to give it up and see how we structure this thing going forward? Because really, that is, that's the answer. No, 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 that, that, is, yeah, that, look, that is the question. I mean, I, I'm with Colin, right? If there's no promotion and no relegation, I can tell you how quickly I'd lose interest in the whole thing. I mean, honestly, I, I, I wouldn't care much. Without that jeopardy, and because of the nature of my team my entire life, 
just about every season, I've had that jeopardy. Most of it at a downward trajectory. I get, I get that. I get that so, I, I but get for that. me, that's what that. brings it meaning, right? Listen, I'm, I'm looking this week, I, you know, I turn the TV on today and Burnley are 3-0 up at half time. And I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake. You know, that was the one result we didn't need. But that even yeah. the Burnley Wolves game meant something to me, right? Because of my situation and where Burnley are. And, and without that... Well, I mean, do I care if okay, let, let, beat let, West Brom? Let, let me know. really depress you. Um, Jake Paul and, and some overweight um, mixed martial arts guy <laughs> sold 1.3 million pay-per-views, pay-per-views yeah. $65 million. There's nothing authentic about that. It's just entertainment. And, I, and, I, I, oh, I don't disagree. You right, know so my views on that. You know my views on that. When it goes to entertainment... That so was wrestling, Rog. Yeah, yeah. Well, great, you know... So th- this is the point, that, again, promotion and relegation. But the main thing, even macro above that, is you do not want to consider sport as entertainment content. You, content. you refuse to accept that. That's fine. That's honourable. It's I get it. I'm, we are the same generation. I get that. But it's not sustainable because the finances of the industry are the business model of the entertainment and media industry, not a football industry, not a sports industry. So you're wanting to hold on to something and reject something else that goes completely against how your sport is financed. That's not that's not sustainable. So you, 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 can, you can keep these views, but you will just one day die. I'll never get my head round, and, and this is why, to me, a salary cap has to be the answer. Barcelona and Real Madrid, two of the, what, four, three wealthiest clubs in the world, no money. All right, pandemics hurt them. But there's a lot of mismanagement there, huge amounts of mismanagement, given over, there's too much money going out of football, Roger, way too much money going out. You're right, right? you're right. Totally mismanaged. So it needs to, the whole thing needs to be relooked at, and it just doesn't need a super league of twelve teams with two invites, and my team will never get relegated out of it. And you know, every Wednesday night I'm playing Barcelona. Jeez, I'll be watching Coronation. No, I, I, I get, I get that, Colin. Um, I, I think, however, that your grandchildren will, will think something different. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, you, you, you may be right, Rog. Um, and I suspect that we'll still be having this argument when Colin's grandchildren can come on and guest on the show and give us their thoughts. But uh, <laughs> yeah. no, it's been it's been a fantastic hour and a half. Cole, thanks for giving up your time on a Sunday yeah, thank evening. Thank you, thank you, Colin, because it's a really good input, a really good input. I totally love what your boys do every week. Love it, absolutely. Thank I you, just mate. don't like this fact that I'm coming across as some kind of like Mephisto character. <laughs> you must be used to that by now, surely. No, no, no. Get the economic. I get all. Do you know what? I get all your arguments, Roger. No, I and I'm the same, Roger. Like I said to you, there is there is very little I can disagree with that you've said. If I was owning a club, it'd be different. But I'm just turning up every week, open for the best. Welcome to my world. Oh, by the way, before before we go, um, we need to talk about this because it's been on the show a couple of times. Um, there was this wonderful um, incident this week between um, Robbie and uh, Ray Parler. On uh, oh radio. yeah, I, I'm gonna step back. Let you, yeah, let you do that yeah, I saw it. Right, ah, right. It's just go. Listen, I, lo- I love Ray. I love Ray. I see him in the pubs here regularly. Um, to me, he is a legend of our football club. He listen. He's on Talk Sport. He's as eloquent as I am. Right. He's not. He's not the most eloquent man. Um, I think what he's trying to say is that 
Arsenal fan TV, like all social media, thrives off bad news. We know that, right? The clicks are always higher when things are bad than good. You only have to look at the amount of traffic going through last week. About that was Super his League. point. That, that was his point, to be fair. Yeah. He was pretty articulate uh, on that. Robbie's very defensive. Robbie will call the race card. That has been done before in a, in a certain way. Robbie is... And he said to himself, I've been going Arsenal since, did you say, late 80s yeah, or late something? 80s. Well, Robbie's, Robbie's 49, right? You can do the maths on that. So Robbie did have another team. That was Luton, right? Oh, that's really? why he's known as Luke. That's why he's known as Luton Robbie. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. But you know what? If he makes, huh? <laughs> he's been going to Arsenal for 40 years. But when he was five, he went to Luton, so he's known as Luton Robbie. I love it. No, no, continue because there's there's so much there's so much about yeah in this. Uh, I as one of my mates Frank said it. He said they've created caricatures that can't deal with the problem. That's the thing. And, and listen, we've, we've just seen it. Three football, all these football clubs are coming off social media next weekend for three, for three days. Yes, they are. Those lovely the fans. Because, exactly. Those glorious but, fans. But, but listen, they've got what I call social media bodyguards to look after it. These AF fans, Arsenal fan TV boys, they might be wallies, but the abuse they get on there, probably brought on by themselves, and they're, and they're, left, they're amateurs, they're left to rot. This is why we've had incidences. Yeah, no, no, so you I'm, talked about that, yeah. I'm not a fan of Arsenal fan TV, but I just don't watch it. The, 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 the key is, I think more people that are anti-Arsenal will watch it than are pro-Arsenal. There's no doubt about that. But listen, go back to your 18 or 24-year-olds, they may well love it. They may well do. But it probably thrives off misery. So it's done brilliant this season. So, <laughs> it's been a breakout year, bro. I, I, I saw that clip too, and I thought I thought Ray Parler made a good point and then totally screwed it up by the way he kept pressing yeah. it and the way he questioned him. And the yeah, way he, he could have left he, it. He tried it, to be, you know, the hard talk guy, right? He tried to come across like a real hard talking, pushing the questions, and I think he I think he lost the high ground that he had at the beginning. But I mean, this is Cole. The other thing that you and I have both kind of talked about. Uh, in WhatsApp groups and stuff, is this this Barstool Arsenal fans, oh. right? I mean, <laughs> that that defeats everything that Rogers arguing for, unfortunately, because it's just it, it's it's so fake, it's so inauthentic. It, it's it, for for an English football fan, I find it utterly embarrassing to watch that. That, that anyone would think that that is genuine just astonishes me. Well, you see, this is a this is a great point. You know, I would say two things about this. I believe that the modern generation of uh, Gen Z, TikTok, they have got very little tolerance for content that doesn't work. And the, I believe they would be the first ones that would say, that's not good enough. That's a dead meme. You know, get lost, you know, like, and, and so don't associate a, a type of content with um, with young people I believe that Barstool and, and their version of Arsenal there is the example we talked about earlier, that the Americans really, really struggle with, you know, finding the right note for European football. I just think they really struggle there. You know, I I, I quite like Robbie. Um, 
I quite, I, I've, I've got more, I've got more tolerance for it than, than you, uh, Colin. Obviously, because it's not my club and everything like that. But exactly, yeah. But, but the bar two, the bar still one, I, I can see. Although the, you know, the midget and everything like that, I find that quite funny. It's a little bit like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit like the the Wolf of Wall Street, and you know, I'm envisioning that scene there. But you know, you can't say that. Um, it, that I don't think that works. I don't think that bar stool thing works. I think Robbie is. Uh, you know, does he hope for uh, Arsenal to lose? I believe him when he says he doesn't. No, right? I, no, no, I do. I, I, I think, I, I think, I, as I, I, as I yeah. said to you, I think this week, buddy, I think it's a great hedge for him that he's he's got a business that when they do lose, he makes hay. So I think it's a great hedge for him. I don't it's think a great way to put I, it. I don't yeah. think he wants them to lose, but he knows when they do, it's like rub your hands together time, and you know, once the whistle's gone, all right, we lost, but this is going to be great. So you know, I, I think I think Ray had a, had a point, but he he messed it up. Anyway, fellas, right. well, that's talk, talk sport. That's talk sport for you, right? exactly. Look, uh, yeah. it's been a it's been a cracking conversation, Cole. Thanks again, mate. Listen, uh, yeah, they're, fantastic. They're, no, thank you, guys. Uh, just give people your Twitter handle again, because uh, you, you you we you do go back and forth. Uh, I'm not sure what it is actually. Is it uh, Codney sixty seven uh, at Codney sixty seven? I believe. Am I right? Is it, that sounds right. I think it is. It's funny, I don't even check, to be honest. Um, At Codney67, C-O-D-N-E-Y. At Codney67, yeah. There we go. That's right, yeah. Uh, So so any Spurs fans out there, feel free to follow Colin. Uh... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was lovely, lads. I really enjoyed that. And no, thanks for coming on. That was no, yeah. really, really enjoyed it. And Rog, watch the Derry City documentary. Yeah, you got to do I that, Rog. You will enjoy that. Well, all that remains is to is to thank you for listening uh, to another edition of Goal Own Goal. If they've got to the end, this if is a very if long you've made one. it to the end, yep. Uh, brought to you as always by Are You Not Entertained? If you want to follow us on Twitter and you're not doing so already, uh, you will find us at Entertained R. That's the word A R E. You'll find me at T T M Y G H. And you'll find myself at RPM Como, as in the lake. As in the lake. Rog, Cole, until next time, fellas. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Colin. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.